0: on the virtual bible studies night where you've got an interesting discussion planned on the subject of baptism it's obviously an important biblical topic Unfortunately, there's division in the religious world on the subject of baptism. Uh, we have a new friend that we've just met, but he's graciously, uh, over the last several weeks, been planning to join us on the Virtual Bible Study, Chuck Westra, who preaches for Christ, our Savior, Lutheran Church, in the, on the north side of Columbia. We're on the west side of Columbia. Chuck is with us tonight. We look forward to dis- discussing this subject with him. All
1: right, we're going to get started right now.
2: Bible study is a live internet only call in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of god 's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible or are you simply interested in learning more about the scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of god 's Word. The virtual Bible study is brought to you this time each week by the college U Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling nine three one three eight one Four five six seven, or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study.
1: And we welcome you to the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, March nineteenth, two 2020. Thank you for joining us on the program tonight. My name is Jacob Gwyn. My father, Greg Gwyn, joins us tonight. Hello, Dad.
0: Jacob, great to be with you, tonight. I look forward you. to our Kyle's study. Kyle's behind
1: the controls. Kyle, glad to have you here. here. And uh, as you mentioned earlier in the uh, in the introduction there, we've got uh, Chuck Wester joining. Us, the pastor for the Lutheran Church in Columbia Tennessee Thank I did get joining.
0: that right didn't I chuck Christ the Savior. Christ, Christ, Christ our, our Savior. Savior. That's uh, the yeah. Lutheran Church. And yeah. it's on, for those of you who are listening in, in the Columbia area, I think you probably know where your building's located right on Highway 31 in the Neapolis area. Correct. Right yeah.
3: next to the Dollar General up yeah. there in the Nashville yeah. Highway.
0: Well, but, you know, that's not really a very good identifier anymore because Dollar Generals are everywhere. That's ever- a, a true <laughs> statement.
1: You guys <laughs> used to sort of be remote, and now it's sort of crowding around. It you.
3: has built around us. Yeah. It absolutely has. Well,
1: we appreciate you taking time to join us tonight, Chuck. I, I reached out to you you uh, A couple months ago, I guess it was, and uh, and said, uh, Chuck, we're looking. We 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 just have these Bible studies, and we'd like to have other views so that we can just compare our views with the scriptures. And when we do things like this, truth wins. It's not. This isn't an argument. I, I, we're not. You're not trying to have one up on us. We're not. trying, We're want to know what the, the scriptures teach. And, we we and have and a when, friend. We, we,
0: We have a friend who says, you know, you, you engage in a Bible study. When you get home, your wife doesn't say, who won the Bible study? (laughs) (laughs) God, God wins. We're in his word. That's right.
1: And, but we do have differences. We've talked some before and, uh, we have some differences. And so we'll, we'll look at the scriptures and we'll compare each other's view, and we'll, well, it'll be a good discussion and we're, we're looking forward to it. And we talked before the program that this is a, a, we're, we're going to be friends at the end of it. We're, and, uh, we're, and so we want our listeners to understand that, uh, that we may press a little bit, we're not going to. We're going to do so in a very kind and loving way, and in a way that glorifies God. And so, uh, and, we'll and that. just a little bit
0: of housekeeping before we get too far into this. Uh, this coronavirus crisis is, has caused lots of issues. I know Chuck was talking with us about some of the things they're dealing with, and we've we've had to discuss with with our congregation here at College View about how we're going to adjust to that. And so we'll try to save a few minutes at the end of the of the program to sort of tell you what we're doing here at college view
1: all right so let's get into it if you'd like to be a part of the discussion tonight the best way probably for you to participate tonight is in the chat room so if you haven't signed in sign in there with our listeners as they're filing in the chat room that'd be the best way to take your comments tonight our phone line is open if you if you feel the need to call 877-381-4567 email questions at collegeview.com We want to talk about baptism. Uh, Chuck, we've got three different topics that we want to talk about, and we're going to give you as much time as we can to to express uh, your view on those, and we'll have a little roundtable at the end of that. So first up, we're going to talk about candidates for baptism, who's a valid candidate specifically infants or infants valid well now
0: are we going to do it that way we're going to follow chuck's outline chuck's outline is a little different oh, than the order of questions I'm sorry I'm the wrong spot. <laughs> yeah. okay. we're going to
1: talk about god's promises in baptism yeah, thank yeah, you. yeah, thank yeah, you. yeah i think yeah. that's good and then we'll talk about the candidates and infant baptism and then is baptism required for salvation thank you uh, okay all right so chuck uh first up god's promises uh in baptism what does god promise us uh, as a result of our submission in baptism
3: Perfect. Thank you. First of all, for the privilege and opportunity to gather with you around God's Word tonight, it, it is a privilege. It is. It 100%. is.
1: And, and sadly, in the world today, people don't want to talk about religious things. The difference. Do you have that right. same experience that it's hard to get
0: people to even engage in, in Bible? To, I mean, much. You, you've been preaching for a number of years as I have. Right. And it's so much harder, it seems to me, in this day than it was 20 years ago. 20 years or 20 ago, years ago.
1: probably true. People yeah. just don't yeah. think it matters. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I've asked people to talk about baptism for ah, it doesn't matter. It's just like coffee table th- or coffee shop theology. It doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. It does matter that
3: God says watch your life and your doctrine
1: closely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, in so thank so you. Doing, sure. Thank you for taking time to be here. Okay. Yeah, you're All very right. welcome. We're taking
3: too much of your time. Go ahead. I'm sorry. And I'm I've been accused of giving long answers to short questions. So <laughs> you, you men are responsible yeah. for the time.
1: Okay, okay. and right. rein me in. Just okay. Cut okay. Well, me well. off. We're yeah. going to give you as much time as we can.
3: I'll, yep. I'll dive into the outline that we've established the first one god 's promises in baptism yeah. and i 'll just run through systematically a few passages and then we 'll discuss those and a couple of points around each of them I'd, I would look at first acts chapter two verse thirty eight mm-hmm. and i I am using Personally, the New International Version, 2011, it's not because I believe that to be the translation or the most important translation or even the best, necessarily. Uh, Quite honestly, it's because that's what Bible Gateway gave me this (laughs) afternoon. But we do all of our work in the original languages, really, as we prepare for sermon and Bible studies. Uh, That's why they send us to four years of college and four years of seminary that that we can. So please don't understand my use of the NIV to be any kind of a statement. About right. the well,
0: we're, and, and we're not devoted to a translation either. I know, you know, some people are, you know, we have people in the religious world who think the King James version is the one and only. I use the King James version primarily. It's what I grew up on, mm-hmm. but I know it has its same issues as every other one.
3: Their translations.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah.
3: Right, right. So Acts two thirty-eight. it says, Peter replied, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I, I would say that when God makes a promise here, and God says what He means, obviously we all agree with that. That God says, in baptism, in the name of Jesus Christ, you receive the forgiveness of sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We had a little bit of a conversation there before we started, and I think it's really interesting. What is the gift of the Holy Spirit? You stated, well, it could be the Holy Spirit. Himself. Himself. It could be that which he gives and works in us, which the Bible would say is faith. Uh, No one can confess Jesus as Lord except through the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit works faith. So I'm going to say here that I equate this gift of the Holy Spirit with either the Holy Spirit or faith, but I, I don't distinguish there necessarily. Now, let me ask you. You, may, you didn't get the rules
1: here. Oh, we're going to let him go. Try, I told him we let him talk as much as okay. we could. Interrupt All right, so we'll, go, go ahead. Look, go, yeah, go ahead, keep, change, I take, think take, take notes. Take, yeah, take yeah. notes and we'll come back. But I'm yeah. still the guest, so <laughs> <laughs> I can change the rules. No, <laughs> so,
3: if, if I start in, we won't get anywhere, so okay. go ahead. Okay. So I, I think that's important that these two gifts, God is offering and connecting to baptism. I, I think that we do see baptism slightly differently in this regard. Here's a gift to the church in which primarily we speak of that which god gives to us and not necessarily primarily a response of faith i I believe that as i look at all of the passages that describe baptism i'm talking about that which only god can do only god offers forgiveness i can't earn that i can't merit it it's a gift of his grace Only God grants the Holy Spirit and his work in my heart through the word or as he connects that word to this gift in baptism. So I start there. The second passage that I have, and I'll, I'll try to move along fairly quickly, just mm-hmm. because I know we're we're mm-hmm. sensitive to time. And as I said, I'm prone to words. Uh, first, you're a preacher. I uh, am. Yeah. <laughs> first Peter 3:21 by God's grace alone. I'm a preacher. <laughs> first Peter 3:21 says this. And Jacob, you referenced this passage mm-hmm. earlier. Right. You said you picked it up on our website. And this water symbolizes baptism. God's talking there, uh, associating the water of baptism and applying it to the water of the flood. Mm -hmm. And in the flood, people were saved. Mm -hmm. And now he says in this water, and he connects it to baptism, uh, saves you. Mm -hmm. So baptism saves. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience toward God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, I, I have to ask this question. If if baptism saves, what alone saves me? I think we had a brief discussion prior to our, our beginning. Only faith saves me. You're saved by grace alone through faith. Through faith, it is a gift of God. It's God's grace. Believers are saved. Unbelievers are not saved. Belief in what? Belief in Christ, crucified and risen. Belief in God's gift of salvation that saves me if baptism indeed saves i believe then baptism must in some way i believe again the power of god through his word connected with water and baptism baptism must save god says so he promises so i look at those first two passages and i say this i know baptism is an incredible gift of god Mm -hmm. baptism does something Baptism gives a gift. That gift is of the Holy Spirit. That gift saves. Therefore, I feel it to be no stretch and a complete and pretty easy understanding that baptism, in fact, is God's mechanism or means, a term we like to use, a means by which God imparts faith and salvation in people. I'd go to the the third passage I have listed, and that's Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Uh, some some have said, you know, Scripture is this multifaceted diamond and this beautiful revelation of God as he reveals himself to humanity. And you turn the diamond and you get a, just a slightly different, incredible look. And, and as God reveals himself here in Christ, he says again, here, here's an interesting picture of baptism. You are in baptism clothed with Christ, what, what does that mean scripturally to be clothed with Christ? It it means that I'm covered. I, I can't help but think of the passage that says Second Corinthians chapter five, where it says god made him who had no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of god that in christ this exchange is made on a cross and and this exchange brings the righteousness of christ to sinner and sin of sinner to christ and that we are given that in baptism we're clothed with jesus Uh, this great exchange leads us to a picture in revelation and what does the apostle john say those these in white robes who are they well you know these are those who have been washed in the blood of the lamb these are those who are clothed not in the filthy rags of our sinfulness but in the righteousness of jesus and god connects that picture that righteousness to christ himself and then imparts to us in baptism the last, the last passage that I have here in this section is in Romans chapter 6. And, and this, this really is, uh, we, we sometimes throw this, this term around in our own theological circles, uh, a sedes doctrinae, the, 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 the very seat of doctrine. This is, this is a go-to for us, I guess. Uh, oh, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, that in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. A common theme, baptized into Jesus, in the sphere of Jesus. We're we're brought into his circle of, in faith, we're, we're baptized into his death, I say. Well, we Lutherans have been accused of, of asking this question too often because Martin Luther, in writing his catechism for parents to teach children, asked the question over and over, well, what, what does this mean? And, and what, what does it mean that I'm baptized into the death of Christ? I I believe that Scripture clearly tells me that I'm baptized into the benefits of that death. His death was my death. And when I'm connected to Christ, His death becomes mine. And as my Father looks at me through His Son and His righteousness, He sees me as innocent because Christ's death became mine. And His payment for my sin is mine. And my baptism plugs me into that faith, the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm connected to Christ in his death, and I'm also connected and united in his resurrection. He rose, God says, I will rise, and my baptism plugs me into that as well. Uh, that, that maybe is a good place to stop and, yeah. and allow questions to flow sure. on our first on our first point.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me go back. So uh, there, there's a lot that you said that I think we would all agree with. But there's, there's some difference of explanation. Uh, so how uh, the gift, you say, Acts 2.38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I agree with you. I don't think it's the Holy Ghost himself. There are some people who take that view. I believe it is a gift given by the Holy Ghost. You say it is faith. But what you actually have then in that chronology is that you have a person being baptized before he has faith, and and, and my question is: now we're going to get to infant baptism. Yeah, now, yeah. But, but I'm an adult, okay? I wasn't baptized as an infant. Why would I be baptized now if I didn't have faith already? What what would motivate me to be baptized at this point? And I, I, I'm sure you run into people that, that have reached adulthood. They weren't baptized as infants, so we're, we're kind of excluding the the infant question for sure, the moment.
3: Sure, sure. But
0: but but as a, as an adult who's come to know the truth of God's word, why would I choose to be baptized if I didn't already have faith that Jesus was the Son of God?
3: Yeah, I would I would agree with your statement there. I, I don't think that is logical and. I don't believe that there are adults without faith who desire baptism. I I think that's an accurate statement. And we, too, in our practice, would seek to instruct an adult prior to baptism.
1: Okay. So uh, in another way, though, could we baptize someone so that they could have faith? For instance, an atheist who's struggling with the idea of God's existence. Could we baptize that person in order that they might have faith? What what
3: we don't do at Christ our Savior is uh, go out to the fire hydrant at the highway and hook up a fire hose and spray and people Ryan as they drive by, by in cars mm-hmm. to say I baptize you in the name of the Father Son and Holy Spirit. Now I don't believe that baptism is the only means or method by which God can create faith. That that would be uh, a characterization or an overstatement of our doctrinal stand or statement. I, I too think it to be logical for an adult to say, "I will instruct you," because the Word of God also clearly well, see that's God our states,
0: go-to verse is Romans ten seventeen. Faith, faith comes, comes by from, hearing, and yeah, hearing absolutely. by the Word of God. We and so if someone were to ask, how how would I become a person of faith? How how would I how would I develop faith? Why would I choose to believe? Well, we we think that, and I'm imagining that you agree completely. We believe that the evidence in the scriptures is overwhelming and that if an honest honest person will examine that evidence and search out what the scriptures teach, that it will, it will lead in, in, I think in, in a, in a a person who is open and who's willing to consider it will lead to faith in the heart of a person who is, is open to that. Uh, In fact, our position would be that that is the exclusive source of faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God.
3: And, yeah, and, and I, you're right. We would agree to a point. I would agree completely that scripture is clear. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation. Faith comes from hearing the message. How would they believe if someone is not sent? Yeah. Uh, all, all of that to be true, uh, that God does, in fact, also through his word, he does. He does create faith. And we we would differ slightly, probably. You say if someone's open, they would be led by the scriptures. Uh, I would say that on the basis of scripture, nobody's really open when they're not a believer. We're, We're all naturally as god said in ephesians as for you you were dead in your trespasses and sins the dead can't live the holy spirit through the word of god must overcome the deadness and he can create life uh through that well now that that would lead me to another question
0: why would he do why would god make that why would the holy spirit take that action upon some and not upon others
3: Dad, yeah, that, that's going to take us away from baptism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, well, I would be happy you're, to come back and discuss that.
1: But, but you, you don't believe in predestination as a Lutheran, or do you? That would take us again far <laughs> far afield okay. from baptism. So not but, a simple answer. Okay.
3: But, but I would say this. there There is the theological conundrum of the ages that has never been a- answered completely. You know, the, the Latin phrase, cur ali e pri why some and not others? Uh, finally, God has not answered that. Why would the... Why would some reject and why would some not? What we have clearly described in Scripture is no one can confess Jesus Christ as Lord except through the Holy Spirit.
0: Well, but my explanation of that is the only way I can confess Jesus as the Son of God is because the Holy Spirit has revealed that in the Word. Correct. You know, in other words, I can say that with absolute certainty because that. That evidence and information has been perfectly revealed to me through the written word, through the power of the word. Yeah.
3: Yeah. 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 But my point is, whether we're seeking it or not seeking it, uh, whether I'm adamantly opposed, the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus wasn't saying I'm going to become a follower of Jesus today. But he was yeah. uh, because yeah. God, Jesus, directly the word confronted him and turned him even even in his stubborn unbelief. He turned him to faith.
1: I want to we need to move on. But yeah, I, I move do. On. I want to I want to ask you. But one more about one more thing before we do, because I I, th- I see your your reasoning here that the scripture says that baptism saves us. And you said that only faith saves us. So Baptism must bring faith, mm-hmm. and you referenced Ephesians chapter two verse eight uh, for that. Uh, and but you quoted it this way: you said, "For you said it was by faith alone." And and and, I, and I, I, I'll read it here: "For by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God." But it doesn't say that it we're saved by faith alone there in that verse.
3: Yeah, that would that would probably be another discussion that would take us a bit far afield. So are you saying in that question that there are other ways outside of faith? There are
1: other, you know, that we have to have faith. But but faith alone doesn't say because just an, an acknowledgment of Christ or a belief in Christ doesn't say. There are, there are other things that God says are required. For instance, uh, we have to repent. Jesus said if we won't repent, we'll perish. So if, for instance, someone says, I, want to, I, I believe in Christ, but I'm not going to give up my fornication. Yeah. I'm not going to give up my drunkenness. Just believing in Christ doesn't. That's not good. That's not enough. You've got to repent. You've got to conform to his his will.
3: I I would say that faith, by its very nature, is 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 leading to repentance. A lack of repentance ultimately is a rejection of that faith. Hebrews chapter ten. Uh, you know what is what does God say if you deliberate, deliberately keep on sinning after you 've received the knowledge of the truth, there is no sacrifice for sins left my, my My lack of repentance is a rejection of God and his word ultimately, and finally a, a very rejection of the sacrifice for my sin mm-hmm. i I think inherent in faith is repentance. The Christian life of faith is a is a daily repentance and
0: now now that you 've kind of said something there that I think. Uh, again we're going to be limited on time but my thinking and I and I believe the scriptures uphold this is that when the bible says we're justified by faith for instance Romans 5 verse 1 and we we acknowledge it we believe that yep. are we saved by faith absolutely we're yep. saved by faith yep. but what kind of faith uh It's clear, for instance, in Hebrews chapter 11, when the Hebrew writer goes through that long list of Old Testament characters who were men of faith, Mm -hmm. by faith, Noah prepared an ark, you know, every time it talks about them, about their faith, it, it, the faith is demonstrated by what they did based upon their faith. In in all of those examples in Hebrews 11, so are we saved by faith? Yes. But it is a faith that necessarily causes us to do all else that God asks us to do, including baptism. And that's why I would say that that faith is not a saving faith until it is coupled with acts of necessary obedience that god has asked us to do
3: and and we would not distinguish between faith and saving faith we would say faith is saving faith as scripture defines and describes now we we differ slightly i think on this i i believe i believe that faith alone saves I, I do believe that uh, that Scripture defines and says, "He that believes and is baptized will be saved. He that believes not will be condemned." We'll talk more about that later, uh, if we have time. Uh, Still <laughs> <not> looking good. <laughs> yeah, but but I also believe this that while faith alone saves, faith is never alone. That that's just a contradiction. My faith is always accompanied by works. But so you're
0: basically saying that a person. Doesn't have faith, who won't go beyond and do other things. In other words, a person, your 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 position is, if I won't be baptized, if I refused at this point to be baptized, then you're you're saying
3: I don't have faith. Well, at least you have a great struggle in your faith that needs to be addressed and corrected in God's Word. In in John chapter twelve verse forty two,
0: it says, "Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees they did not confess him." lest they should be put out of the synagogue. Now, this, the scripture says they believed, but it wasn't a saving faith because Jesus said, if you won't confess me before men, I will not confess you before my father who's in heaven, Matthew 10, verse 32. Correct. So here here are people who were believers. It says, this, the text says they were believers, but they clearly weren't saved believers. And so that's where we talk, that's the distinction we make about just mental acknowledgement. Okay, I acknowledge Jesus, or do I have saving faith which would cause me
3: then to be baptized for the remission of sins? I, I think that creates a, 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 an absolute scriptural conundrum and also uh, causes faith to be doubted in the hearts of God's people everywhere to say that there's a distinction between faith and saving faith. I, I, would, I guess I would understand that, that passage in the light of clearer passages, for me at least, that would suggest, what does that say? If, Okay, if they believed on him, let's assume that means they believed he was the Christ, the promised right, one, the right, Messiah. Right. And if that's true, then they had faith. They didn't confess him. They were afraid. Uh, have I ever been afraid to confess my faith? Have there ever been moments in in my life as a a college student, I'm sitting around with my dormitory athletic comrades and I'm given an opportunity to stand up and confess Christ and I don't do it. Does that make me an unbeliever?
1: It doesn't make you an unbeliever, but it makes you in violation of Jesus's instruction that we have to confess him before men.
3: I would even say this. Yes, it's a sin,
1: isn't it? Mm -hmm.
3: It's a sin. And that sin ultimately would separate me from God. Right, right. But, but again, my well, daily life of repentance and... You're a little more open on that than I
0: would be. Would your position then be, uh, John 12:42 that these people who would not confess him, they believed on him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him lest they should be cast out of the synagogue. They were okay? I'm not saying they were
3: okay or they weren't. Okay. I'm saying... I'm, I'm going to apply it to my own life. Yeah. When, when I did that in a college dormitory room and I fell on my knees in repentance, as we God's people do daily, what did I have forgiveness in Christ? Was my faith lost or did I sin? Uh, was Peter lost when he denied Christ? He repented in tears and there was – Peter know that he had sinned absolutely, did he know that he had failed to confess Jesus? Yes, and he was crushed by the weight of his sin, and he was lifted to the heights through the gospel of good news that Christ said Peter. There you go again. Well, come on. Yeah, but he, uh, uh, yeah, let's I'm going to call time. I'm okay. going to call time. We've
1: got to go
0: on all night yeah. here, it good. It's good.
1: It's a very good discussion. All right. And I would be willing to come back. <laughs> okay. well, we'd love it. We'd love yeah. it. Okay. So, um, next up, who, who are your proper candidates for baptism specifically? Uh, we wanted to talk about infant baptism. Uh, so, uh, go ahead. Perfect.
3: Thank you. And, This one will get really, I think, interesting for us, probably. It does go back to our discussion on point one, though. Does baptism offer the gift of the Holy Spirit? Namely faith. If that's true, and we have this command, Matthew 28, I'm jumping down my outline slightly, but... Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations that we have and we have a command from God. He's here's a directive. I want you to go make disciples of all nations. Christian Church, I give you your marching orders. You got a mission. Go get them. And then he tells us how to do it. Baptize. And to teach. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. I I think we we have an interesting. uh, uh,
0: I'm sorry. Come on. Sorry. So
3: so I I say, is it limited? I I don't see any limitations. Scripturally, he's saying baptize them all. I I think there's a burden of proof, as I've heard it stated, on the other side. And I'll try to go quickly for the sake of time here. Uh, I I, I think oftentimes it's said, and you've at least insinuated before, but there's a progression. It's repent and be baptized. And I would say, remember the context, uh, that there was no baptism prior to the first century. And therefore, as they look at humanity, they're all unbaptized. And we had a command from Jesus in his institution, baptize them all. And it makes sense that with the adults you're going to instruct and the gospel would bring them to faith and they would be baptized. I, I, I acknowledge that. But then if I look at the gift for what it is and how it's described, I say, why would I limit it? Why would I say that this can't offer faith, the gift of the Holy Spirit, to the child? And, and then I'm going to jump to the top of my outline, which you have, and, and say, well, a couple of quick points, and I'll try to go fairly quickly. Uh, Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. That just, I believe that means a faith. We're, we're dead by nature. God says you must be born again. You must believe. How can someone be born again when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. I think we have an interesting connection, uh, water and spirit, I I believe to be a reference to baptism personally. We do as well. Okay, good. So we have this baptism and Holy Spirit connected. God's doing something here. A key passage or key part of that passage for me here in, in infant baptism and our understanding of it is flesh gives birth to flesh, Spirit gives birth to spirit. God created Adam and Eve in his own image. When they fell, they lost the image of God. We're told in scripture that when they had a child, that child was born not in God's image, but in their image. Their children inherited from them sin. In fact, they were born into it.
0: Now, that's not our understanding. I'll just say that we'll have to come yeah. back to that, but that's sure, not our understanding sure. that at all.
3: And, and well, I would I would then look at Psalm fifty-one five and say, surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived
0: me. That's one of the problems with the New International Version. <laughs> that's a bad verse we're, in the New International Version.
3: We're, we're, give me your translation of it.
0: Well, uh, Psalm 51. It was
1: conceived in
0: birth. Yeah. Uh,
1: it, no, sorry. Let's
0: see. Uh, in sin it, it my was, mother did, did uh, conceive me. Let me read it. uh, uh Psalm 51, verse 5 in the King James Version. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. And so my understanding is that he was not born a sinner, but he was born two sinners in a sinful world.
3: Uh, um, We would differ there. And I specifically
0: don't like the New International. It's an outlier on that verse, uh, as you look at other translations.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I won't. I won't uh, dispute the translation yeah. Yeah. Uh, of the NIV there with you. I, I would say this though that we definitely would understand in any translation that you chose. We would say, flesh gives birth to flesh, spirit gives birth to f- spirit. Adam and Eve had a child in their own image. We would very definitely teach and believe on the basis of scripture and inherited okay. or, or. Yeah. Returns. Let,
0: let you finish. You finish. This it, I keep yeah. going. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He's going to hit me here in a minute with a yeah. stick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going
3: to turn your microphone off. So <laughs> <little bit. laughs> we both love to talk. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, so, so that, there, I believe children to be sinful. I, I find nothing in scripture that would suggest to me a lack of accountability for that sin. Uh, I, I think that they're born with a need for faith. I don't think they're born with faith. I believe that they are not born neutral. And with a fork in the road that says uh, someday you'll make your decision one way or the other. And until then, God puts a protective wrap around you. I think God says clearly in Scripture after the fall into sin, you know, what, what is what does God say in Romans? He says, for in Adam all fell. And in the second Adam, Christ, all were raised to life uh, through a payment on a cross. Uh, I I run to Acts chapter 2. Peter replied, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. I find it interesting that, that God says the promise is for you and your children. This repent and be baptized for you and your children. What what age would we possibly set, and why? When God just says this is what I do in baptism. I I I work faith. I put my name mm-hmm. on my children. I I create in them and I give them the gift of the Holy Spirit, the power for salvation. Uh, I, I say the case for me in Scripture argues that we we just we need to take this gift of God which has the power for salvation and impart it to all. Uh, Acts chapter 16:33, that uh, I had referenced earlier, the jailer at Philippi. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. I, I think it's interesting. Maybe a, maybe a case study for us. You said the adult. Would the adult be baptized before faith? I would say, no, probably not. And and perhaps here God offers a case study scripturally to say, yep, the jailer was led to faith, and then he took care in faith, he acted, and he took care of these people. And then what should we do? Well, they were all baptized, he and his entire household. How old were they? I don't know. Uh, I, I had an interesting conversation with a, with a, a friend of mine, and he said, "I don't get it. Why would why would you baptize your kids? It makes no sense. They won't remember it. They 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 are going to have to make some determination for themselves down the road anyway. Uh, let them grow up." And I, and I said, "It you know, but but God says this gift to the church has power." to create faith and it has power to offer the forgiveness of sins and it is the power of the Holy Spirit and in baptism he clothes us in Jesus. Is that a miracle that's beyond my human comprehension? But do you dress your children to go outside in the winter? He said, Well of course I do. And I said, and why and why would I not clothe my child in Jesus? If God says this is what I do in baptism, why would I why would I not do that? Why would I not trust the, the the clear words of God, in my opinion, clear words of God that say this is what I do in baptism uh, I, am I saying that God cannot work the miracle of faith in a baby? Why, why would I say that? One of the patriarchs of our congregation one time said it's a miracle that I have faith in my heart it 's the power of the Holy Spirit. Only God can do that. Why can't God work that miracle?" And anyone whom he chooses to work at, uh, you've of it. You've
0: already said that we can't. We're going to try to stay out of that question of okay. God's uh, predestina- predestination or, or special choosing of some and so forth. Uh, but uh, let, we're to have to. Let, let's ask a couple questions. I, you, go, I, I, I give you. I give you me, one, one to more. To yeah, one more
3: quick. Up. Yep. I, and this is not scripture, so forgive me for this. But but I do find it interesting, just from history, to say. Why why is it that in the history of the church, infant baptism was accepted up until post-Reformation? That there was no question in the history of the church. You look at church history and you have origin, 185 A.D. Keep in mind, the Apostle John died, what, 90, 100? Uh, so... Eighty-five to 90 years later, you have Origen who says, stated, I mean, we have written record, uh, the practice of baptizing infants was handed down from the apostles. Uh, Augustine himself, 350, 353, said that he had never heard of anyone who accepted the Bible as God's word who also rejected infant baptism. Uh, I, I find it interesting. What, what happened in the history of the church is it just a, a rational stumbling block that says the baby has no cognitive abilities but but why did the church hold to the promises of God clearly stated in baptism for so long but then then dropped them by the wayside at some point in the history of the church i I think history 's not scripture, and i don 't base my sure. belief on history Wait, but I, but I do find it interesting that history seems to suggest. This, this is what God's people did. They trusted the words of God and the gift of baptism to his church. So
0: uh, real quickly, real, real, let, let me address a couple of things. And Jacob, I'm sure you sure want to, too.
3: Sure.
0: Now, let me ask you a question, Chuck. Do you ever baptize a baby that later grew up to not have faith? Uh, that as an adult, that baby that you baptized later did not have faith?
3: That's a, that's a really good question. You're You're stretching my brain cells a bit. I'm I'm going to just for the sake of the conversation say that it's likely yeah. that I have yes. Well why would that
0: be then? I mean if you're baptizing them so that they will be led to faith or the faith will come because you baptized them faith will pro- or baptism will produce faith in these children. Why wouldn't it? Does it go back to that question, is God's special choosing of some and not of others?
3: I I would say not. I I, I would say it goes back to our earlier conversation. Do we believe that once saved, always saved? So the fact that let's assume that we can trust God's promises in baptism and baptism works. And that child believed, had faith. I don't remember a time in my life when I didn't believe. I don't have a. I don't have a conversion moment like Paul. I don't remember not knowing that Jesus was my Savior and died for me. So, let's assume for the sake of the conversation that I believed that from my baptism. I believe that's true.
0: I I could say the same thing. I could say exactly the same thing, and I wasn't baptized as an infant.
3: So, so, but for you, then maybe your parents, your mom and they dad, did. faithful, they wonderful Christian yeah. people, taught yeah. you, and yeah. God, through the power of His gospel, made you a believer. Both could be true. Yeah. For the, but but again, could a baptized child of God who had faith fall away? The answer would have to be yes. Just like any believer could fall away. we I think okay. we've said that. Okay, yeah. I understand good, your answer. Good, hey. good question.
0: Uh, Matthew twenty eight. Uh, you. <laughs> I, again, I don't like the the New International Version translation of that. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen: Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. There was teaching that preceded the baptism, and then they were to be taught more. In other words, you don't know everything when you're baptized, but you need you have to be taught to know certain necessary things in order to be scripturally baptized. Romans chapter 6, verse 17 says, we obey from the, the heart that form of doctrine delivered to us. Earlier in the same chapter, he talked about being buried in baptism. So I have to be taught, in other words, the, the, the great commission there in Matthew's account, and again, I don't like the way the New, Nar- New International Version translates that, it seems to me that it's clearly saying, teach them on the basis of their thus developed faith, baptize them, and
3: then teach them some more. Those are two Greek participles that I believe have no uh, indicator of time or uh, uh, chronology in them. Uh, I, I worked on, a, it's a 50-plus page paper on that very passage. I, I, I'd be happy to throw out the New International Version and pick up the Greek New <laughs> Testament and, yeah. and go at that one. Uh, it, it would, I, I would maintain, though, that those two participles in the Greek language are, are talking about the ways that we make disciples, and that I would stand by. And I, and I would say that all of Scripture that speaks to a chronology of always teaching before baptism would, would not hold water, in my opinion.
1: Anything, Jay? Well, I was going to ask, uh, just for clarification, back to Acts chapter 238. Do you So you believe that baptism brings faith. Do you also believe that baptism brings repentance, that you can baptized and and then repent
3: well that's an interesting thing does a baby have repentance uh, how, how do i describe that i believe faith grabs and holds on to i said that earlier it holds on to the gift of god salvation and faith is that that arm oh it's it's a it's a passive arm it receives it but i, I think there is no faith without repentance I think inherent in faith is repentance. So
1: do I need to be baptized before I can repent?
3: I think you have to have faith before you can repent. Uh, You know, we've said this before tonight that uh, I believe that God creates faith through his word. Mm -hmm. And I believe God also creates faith through baptism connected to his word as he describes that gift
0: here. Okay. All right. We need to let you get to your last segment here. Uh, and it's an important one is baptism required for salvation. But I got to take you to the Philippian jailer. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I think you I think you skipped over something there that's critical to the understanding of that in verse 32, Acts sixteen thirty-two, They spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized. He and all his straightway. Everybody in the household of the Philippian jailer was someone who could receive the word. There weren't any infants and in I, I think I can state
3: equivocally, there were no infants in the household of the Philippian jailer. I, I don't think I can state that d- definitively. I would acquiesce to your point, though. I, I don't. I, I would step back from that passage to make my point, uh, but I would say to you, yes, I don't know that there were any infants yeah. in the house of the jailer. I'm not, I'm not placing... You're not hanging your hat I'm on not, that. No, okay. I'm not. I'm, right. I'm saying it's an interesting point, but I certainly acknowledge... Yes, you, I cannot say on the basis of Scripture that there were babies there that were baptized. Okay. Yes, All right. absolutely.
1: All right. All right. Well, you know, we might have a chance of getting close to being done here. Today, <laughs> go ahead and take on uh, number three. This is there. a real important question. This is is important.
0: baptism required for salvation? Yeah, and it, and
1: it might be longer than I thought.
3: I thought this would be the quick one, but, <laughs> but it, we'll we'll let it go. I, I I have already referenced Ephesians 2, 8 to 10. Yep. It is It is, again, it's... It's a, it's a benchmark for Lutheranism. We believe for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Uh, it, it it is faith. That's all that I'm saying, and that it, and we agree. I think we believe faith. we're saved by faith. Right, certainly. faith saves. No question. Mark sixteen, sixteen says, Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. Baptism is, is mentioned. Baptism works faith. I think God just speaks clearly here. He says it is unnatural that the believer would not be baptized. It doesn't it does it doesn't logically flow. If I believe and I know what Christ has done for me and I know what God has offered me in baptism, of course I would be baptized. It's illogical not to be. But he does still say in the second half of that verse, I think, it is only unbelief that condemns. And therefore, I think, as I understand what we discussed briefly before we started tonight, you would say, no, there is no salvation apart from baptism. I would say uh, the moment that God worked faith in you which you said happened through the teaching of your parents, through the Word, the power of the Word. How can anyone believe, unless they hear, that God had saved you at that moment? Your, your baptism, God confirmed that. God strengthened that. God poured out the Holy Spirit on you in addition to your faith, which was already there. But, but I believe that you were saved at the moment that you had faith. And it's only natural that your faith led you to baptism. But I would say it could be, it could be in in an unusual circumstance that God could call someone home who believed prior to their opportunity for baptism. Uh, I I, I have an example. I I, I offered the thief on the cross. I mentioned to you the woman in my Bible class who confessed her faith and then said she was terrified that, that she might die before she had the opportunity for baptism. Uh, i I believe again you 're saved by grace alone through faith. it is the gift of god you 're you're you god 's got you uh, so uh,
0: and and probably we should just we should throw out some questions to you we 're going to have to wrap it up the Ephesians two verses eight through ten mm-hmm. uh, that, that's that 's sort of a battleground text uh, but I, I believe it. I, I, I believe that we're saved by by grace through faith. And but, but I don't think when he says not of works so that no one can boast. I don't think that the works there are things like being baptized. I think he's talking about meritorious works. They're the kind of works by which I could boast and say, look at me. Look what I've done. God must now save me because I have earned it. Nobody can say there's there's no accumulation of works that I could do that I would ever put me in that position. Right. And Paul is saying, it, it's a gift of God. Yep. And it's not and you're not going to earn it. I don't care who you got, and I don't care how many times you've been baptized.
1: You're yeah. not going to earn it. Yeah. Uh, or confessed. I mean, I think you would say if you if if you were unwilling to confess Christ in your, I mean, your, your parents baptized you as an infant, but you never were willing to confess Christ. You would say, uh, not pre- looking good. I, absolutely. So, is there something you need to you have to do in response to your faith?
3: Uh, I would say that faith naturally does respond. That is faith. That's what I would say. Uh, you know, it, it, yeah. It, you made an interesting point. Who, who of us could say Paul is making that point? You no, know, you can't. You think you're going to get to heaven on the basis of what you do? Yeah. Uh, no, you're not. That's, yeah. uh, that that's seems to me like that's exactly what he was addressing.
0: And and, and, and so I. But but and I don't know if you do this. In other words, some people make a one-to-one equality. Baptism is a work. We're not saved by works. Therefore, baptism is excluded because it's a work. And I don't know that that's
3: necessarily your position. I don't think it is. No, I don't think so. I'm simply saying, and I'd say baptism is not a work. It's it's a it's just receiving God's grace and His gift. It's it's what God pours out to the sinner and. And creates life where there is no life, as He does through His Word, he, through the, your parents. But we, but
1: we must submit to that. We must submit to baptism. I mean, it, it's that—that it, that is a submission of our will to the Father's. Acts twenty-two sixteen, Paul was told, to, "Why us thou arise and be baptized and wash away your sins?" So Paul had to submit to that if he hadn't submitted, he would still be, he would still had his sins. They wouldn't have been washed away.
3: I, I would say that God created faith in Paul. And of course he would, of course,
1: in faith, he would submit the baptism. So, so we're getting, we could chase Travis here. So now does God override my free will?
3: Yeah. Do you, you, know, that, that would be another Bible study <laughs> for a long time. I, so Here's where we would differ a little bit. You take all of Christianity and, and we talk about free will and it's, it's, you're in one of three camps. You're either in the Arminian camp, which says it's all up to you, or you're in the Calvinist camp, which says it's all up to God and he predestines, or you're in the camp which says, uh, you have no free will. Luther's famous work on the bondage of the will, you, you're, you're dead to sin and captive to sins and a slave to death and the devil. And only the Holy Spirit can free you from that captivity. And therefore, yes, only God, you you have no free will to be saved. It would be our, would our, be our stance. I, I don't know. Do I agree. You
1: have, do you have free will to be lost?
3: I think that you can, God says, we can reject our faith. Yeah. OK, we can. So I, I
0: know uh, what I know for sure, Chuck, is that in uh, uh, in first Timothy two, verse four, God will have all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of the truth.
3: Correct. I know that, too. Yeah.
0: And so I, I can't accept the idea. And and we've 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 danced around this subject. I can't accept the idea that some are specially chosen and called, and others aren't. But they, but you've hinted at that a little bit in in some of the positions that you've taken.
3: I I would say this that it's the un, I think I hinted at the unanswerable question. Uh, do I does God clearly say that in in this gospel teaching? He says to believers, uh, I yeah, I have chosen you. For I knew you before you were born. God says that.
2: What he, what He hasn't
3: said said is I've chosen some to be lost. God never said that.
0: Yeah. I, I, God's choosing is He ch- He chooses to save yeah. those who have faith. He, he 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 made a determination before time began. I'm going to save those. Who have
3: in, faith. in, in two feet. That's, that's his called, choosing. That, that in, yeah. in view of faith, and yeah. we would say that's yeah. not not clear and accurate scriptural teaching. But again, I think that that's a tangent. That's another, we could we another. could take that for another Bible yeah. study. Yeah. I would love to do yeah, it. Well, okay, okay. We can. Right. let's do that. Let, let, let me. Uh,
0: this is probably the last thing we can talk about. Mark sixteen sixteen. Now this is the New International Version that you have here. Who? But I, it's it's accurate. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. What does it take to be saved? Faith. To believe and be baptized. That text says, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. So from that verse, nothing else considered. From that verse, what would a person have to do to be saved? Believe and be baptized. What would a person have to do to be lost? From that verse, whoever does not believe will be condemned. All you have to do to be lost is not believe. Right.
3: But what you have to do to be saved is you have to believe and be baptized. So, how, how, let me understand again. I, I think we have to take all of Scripture together. Here. We can't yeah. take Mark sixteen sixteen apart from yeah. the rest of Scripture. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, to be faithful to all of the Bible, uh, what, what are you saying? When, when do you baptize then? When do you baptize in your
1: the, the same as what Philip did with the eunuch. If you believe, you may. So, 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 no.
0: After, after they believe, after they're willing to confess, so, after they have repented. So that the
3: the child who dies
0: without baptism, well, we have a big difference there because we don't believe infants are born in sin. And so, you know, we believe infants are safe. And in Matthew chapter 19, Jesus said that we need to become as little children to inherit the kingdom of heaven.
3: Uh, Speaking of faith there, though, not their lack of sin. He says... In, speaking of childlike faith, he's not well, speaking he of says lack in, of sin. In,
0: in Matthew 19, verse 14, suffer little children and forbid them not to come unto me for of such, like, uh, in other words, of people like these. Childlike faith. Is the, is the kingdom of heaven. And in, in chapter 18, he says, I say, verily I say unto you, 18.3 of Matthew, verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children. In other words, I've got to be converted. I've got to become like a little child. It, if, if a little child is just... Burdened down in sin. That doesn't really even make sense. Except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. When when do they become sinful?
1: Well, I would would point to Romans 7, verse 9, where Paul's talking about his life. He says there was a point in his life when he was alive. But at at some point, the law came. In other words, he became accountable to the law when he had the ability to to distinguish between good and bad. There he's speaking of
3: lack of law, though. Without the law, he couldn't
1: understand sin. But there was a point in his life where he was not under the law, because he said he was alive once. But then when, once, once that, once his accountability to the law of Moses came, he he be he he, he oh, sin.
3: I, I would say that he was accountable to the law of Moses from birth.
1: But he says he was alive once without the law, in verse nine there. It's a,
3: uh, we'd have to take a closer look at that together in another yeah, study, yeah. but but yeah, that that's to me that's uh, so. My my children at three and four, as they fight over a toy and one picks it up and hits the other over the head, that's just that's just their beautiful Christian lack of sin showing itself. Or no,
0: I, I, well, I would th- I would think that's not accountable. There, you know, no, what if you have? So a- it is sin. It's, it's 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 misbehavior for sure, but I wouldn't. Uh, in other words, it's, it's it's disobeying parents. disobeying parents is which is sin. is a sin for those who know that that it is God's law. Until I come to know that that's God's law, until I reach a point where I'm accountable to know and understand the consequences of my choices. Well, I don't I don't see scripture to say that though. I just don't. Well, that, know. that'd be really interesting study. Maybe yeah. we can do that, Chuck. Yeah, I'd we, be willing. We're just out of time. Yeah, yeah. Can okay. we say just a, a, a sincere thank you to you Absolutely. for coming tonight? Yeah, yeah. We yeah. really have I've enjoyed, enjoyed this. it thoroughly.
3: A privilege, yeah. And <laughs> good to get to meet you both. And Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we yeah. haven't,
1: the, the chat room has been going pretty strong here, and we haven't. We even, have uh, a and to get apologies to it. people
0: in our chat room, and apologies to a number of people who sent in emails because I had indicated you'd be with we haven't got to any of our emails. We haven't got to any of the people who've been co- commenting, chatting. We've been consumed uh, with this discussion, but it's been a good one and, and and enlightening. I think we have we have unearthed some basic differences in our views, uh, and so we keep searching. We'll keep, we'll keep looking to the we, Word. But, in the word yep. but it
1: was refreshing that we, we we discussed it with reference to the Scriptures. Not I think or you think. I mean, yes, what do the Scriptures teach? Yep. That's, that's good. That's yep. And we
0: we always say, you know, if it's our opinion, feel free to disregard it. But if we can establish it from Scripture, then that's a whole different game. Yep,
3: No, yep. no question. Thank you very much, Chuck. Yeah, you're very welcome. Right.
0: Real quickly, Jacob, let us tell our listeners here in the Columbia, Tennessee area and Middle Tennessee, what we're going to do with this coronavirus c- crisis that is upon us which is so sad uh we're going to have to ch- we're going to have to alter our conduct uh for the time being but we want to keep assembling we think it's so important and so while others have decided to not assemble we're going to try to keep assembling but we're going to do it in a way that we've never done before yeah uh, we
1: would never do <laughs> we, we would never choose to do it this <laughs> yeah, way
0: voluntarily yeah. but this sunday morning at 10:30 we're going to have what we're calling drive-in worship uh, in order to maintain our social distancing, and I hope we're six feet apart here, Chuck. I think we are.
1: Chuck hasn't coughed <laughs> once. I've been counting. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's true. Uh, in order to maintain the social distance that our government has asked us to do, we want, we, in as much, and I know you would agree with this, Chuck. In, in, there might be a government instruction someday that we're going to violate because we're going to obey God rather than men. Correct. But in so much as we can obey God and man. Then we're going to try to accommodate that. And so we're going to, we're, we're taking special, uh, preparations to be able to have what we're calling drive-in church. We're going to have everybody come into our parking lot. We're going to try to park the cars in in an array in which you will be able to see. We're going to build a platform. You'll be able to see the speaker. We actually are going to be transmitting the audio of what's going on through an FM transmitter. You'll be able to listen to it on your car radio. We're going to very hygienically prepare and distribute the Lord's Supper at the appropriate time in our worship. We think we can get it done. I think there'll probably be a lot of hiccups in this first, in this first effort. And I hope we don't have to do this very long. But that's going to be our, our effort. So at 1030, we won't have, we won't have our normal 930 Bible classes, but at 1030 we're going to have drive-in worship. Okay. If you can come, if you're interested in what we're doing, please come. Uh then on Sunday night, at, when we would normally assemble here again at 6 o'clock for another period of worship and Bible study, we're going to do that online. And and then our Wednesday night Bible study will be online. And you can find us on YouTube at
1: College View Livestream. All right. Questions at collegeview.com if you have questions and yeah. would like to join us on that. Kyle, I haven't looked at you all night. I hope you haven't been over there just wanting no. to talk. but
2: No, it was a good stuff. Uh, okay. yeah. It was
1: good. Thanks, Thanks. Thanks. You're but, welcome, and thank you again, Chuck, for your time. Hope you have benefited from our study discussion of God's Word tonight. I uh, hope you make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it.